0: City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody! It's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Welcome to the Sunny Die Edition of City Quick Connect podcast. Well, please welcome my co-host, my partner, my colleague—really, technically my boss, Scott Flatten. Scott, welcome back and congratulations on finishing the 2021 regular session of the General Assembly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a short pause. So we'll be back in a few weeks.
0: Everybody says it's not sine die. It's not sine die. Yes, it is. The General Assembly adjourned Thursday sine die because they are now following the sine die resolution that was adopted by both chambers that governs when they can come back. Do you know why they did that, Scott? Would you like a little piece of history?
1: I would love to hear that, please.
0: Just really quickly, and then we can get into it. So they technically don't sign die or finish the 2021 session until like a week before the 2022 session. This came as a result of years of brawling it out with former governors about calling the General Assembly back into session. So they come, they are governing themselves through a sine die resolution that keeps them kind of like in recess at the call of the president and the speaker of the house. So only they can call themselves back into session. So they are not at the whim of a governor who feels like this one issue, according to him or her, would be important.
1: And it seems like a recent governor, not too in the distant past governor, Lost a court battle over whether or not to- That is true. She was able to call the General Assembly back, so- That
0: is, that is very true. So, they have written the signing that resolution to, um, govern themselves. And let me say, let me do this really quick. It was in Dome last week, but I wanna make sure everybody knows. They plan to come back June 8th, 9th, 10th. They hope it'll only take one day to vote on or hear or meet about the budget. Then they plan to come back and adopt and then come back later in June to deal with vetoes from the governor. As everybody knows, the governor can, the only line item veto power he has in the budget. And so they'll have to come back before the end of the fiscal year to deal with gubernatorial vetoes. So that's the plan. They'll be kind of, I don't know. You, it's like a senior Scott. It's like your daughter. It's her senior year. She's going to school, but you kind of see her when you see her. That's kind of like what the general general assembly is going to be like in June.
1: Yeah, they'll be kind, they'll kind of breeze in and out. Right? Right. But of course, <laughs> of course, we you know, house ways and means is going to be meeting yes. pretty regularly. They will be starting in two weeks, and then. You know, they'll have subcommittee meetings at the end of this month and then full ways and means will come back the first, that first week of June. Right. To, to adopt the ways and means version of the budget 2.0. Yeah. Or
0: and then, H2. and then it,
1: yeah. And then as you say, the full house will come back the week after that. Then they'll most certainly inevitably have to have a budget conference.
0: Right. Committee, which Absolutely. will require
1: both bodies to come back and adopt take a crack at the conference support. report. Yeah. yeah. So, for, you know, fortunately, as you say, the signing-die resolution limits them to only dealing with the budget and gubernatorial vetoes right. um, when they right. return most immediately. And then, of course, later this year, which we'll talk about more in detail in the coming weeks and months. Right, and they come back in September, October timeframe to work on redistricting.
0: But again, right. as
1: you as you said, they'll be limited to to only those subjects and can't cause uh, any mischief outside of what the Sunny Die resolution uh, is allowing them. So that's, that's correct. That's a, Unless, that's a good thing for cities and towns.
0: That's a very good thing. Um, the Sunny Die resolution is very specific about conference committee reports, conference and pre-conference. They talk about congratulatory sympathy resolutions. It's very it's very specific. So they're limited in what they can take up. Um, a lot of action, I would call it a flurry of action, took place at the, the last week of session for cities and towns. So let's kind of get into that and let's talk about what happened last week. So let's start, Scott, let's start with trees. I love trees. I know you do. I do too. A- hey, did you grow up, did you watch the Lorax? Or read Doctor Seuss's The Lorax.
1: The Dr. Lorax. The no. Lorax.
0: I speak for the trees. I am the was Lorax. It, I speak for it, the trees. Anyway, <laughs> tell me about is the bill not, is thirty nine eighty nine? Yeah, bill House
1: Bill yeah House Bill thirty nine eighty nine uh, was filed by Representative Jeff Johnson from Conway back earlier in the session. Right. Uh, and he's the only sponsor on that bill. Um, and as we You know, a good number of people saw that bill and were justifiably concerned about it because what it does is seek to severely restrict municipal or or even county, I think it's just municipal, tree ordinances, tree preservation Mm -hmm. ordinances. And so what the bill does is say that municipal tree ordinances may not be applied to private property that is zoned agricultural industrial or commercial. You can still, uh, theoretically apply your tree preservation ordinance to residential properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this bill came out of a dust up between the city of Conway and a developer there in town, uh, who clear cut his property, uh, without Abiding by the city's tree ordinance and so right. in response. But was response- aware of
0: the ordinance though, correct? Yes, yes, as right. so we That's understand it
1: and, uh, and, and by his own admission in subcommittee, he, you know, admitted that he was aware of the tree ordinance. In fact, I had a copy of it that he shared with the committee, uh, but, but he, he didn't follow the ordinance and so was, was fined accordingly and mm-hmm. didn't think that was right. So he, uh Asked Representative Johnson presumably to file this bill, and, and we did not expect that this bill had been told.
0: Right, uh, we had been
1: told that they were not. Rep- get yeah, to by it Representative discussion. Johnson himself that they were not going to take this up. Well, lo and behold, it lands. It ends up on a a uh, House Judiciary Special Law Subcommittee agenda.
0: Right, last with, Wednesday. Last Wednesday,
1: with a fifteen-minute. Right. Uh, Amount uh, Allotted 15 minutes for the entire meeting. Well, right. in addition to the developer and his real estate agent who came to testify, uh, Conway Mayor Barbara Blaine Bellamy, who's also mm-hmm. a, a member of the Municipal Association's uh, Board of Directors. came. And in, the
0: president of the Association of South Carolina my, Mayors, I might add, mayor. and a yes. wonderful, incredible woman. Anyway, she
1: she came to testify against the bill in subcommittee and did a very good job and we really appreciate her doing that. Uh, the city of Columbia testified against it. The city of Greenville testified against it. Uh, and despite assurances or, uh, promises that the bill was not going to advance, it in fact- In fact, fact I thought one
0: one member of the subcommittee told you that they were going to vote one way and then change their vote. Is that correct?
1: Well, no. In the subcommittee meeting, one of the subcommittee members uh, professed her affinity for home rule and, and her dislike of the general assembly quote, sticking its noses in the local officials business. Right. But, she voted to send voted the, for bill the bill out. Right? Yeah, she voted for the well, bill in subcommittee. Uh, Representative Spencer Wetmore from Folly Beach voted was the only one of the four subcommittee members to vote against advancing it to the full Judiciary Committee. But nonetheless, it went out and will appear on a full Judiciary Committee agenda um starting, it, it will be eligible for debate by the full judiciary right, committee in January. in January.
0: Right.
1: Now, so, you know, the problem with that bill is, first of all, it, obviously it tramples on local, uh,
0: right. local Sorry.
1: control. Um, right. But, but it ignores the, it, it allows this developer to essentially, uh, thumb his nose at local rules that
0: everybody mm-hmm. else
1: abides by. Right. And so, right. uh, the bill, in my view, is just a license to, um, do whatever, to, whatever you want to, regardless of your neighbors and regardless of what the, the council and residents have asked of its council to do with regard to right. tree preservation. And of course, preserving trees is not just a matter of, oh, they look nice and, and that kind of thing. The city of Conway needs to preserve its, uh, its tree network. For flood mitigation, number one—that's right. I don't, I don't think there's a city in South Carolina, besides maybe Charleston, that knows more about flooding over the last few years in right. the city in of Conway. Conway.
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe, Columbia knows pretty well. <laughs> well,
1: but but you know, since the great flood, city of Conway's right. been flooded multiple times, along That's with right. you know other cities uh, in in the PD and particularly along the Waccamaw River and, yep. and and the PD River. So flood mitigation, and then of course aesthetics. Trees add to the the beauty of a uh, of a municipality of a neighborhood. gives you a good. Uh, it, it just makes the place look better, which uh, attracts business, attracts visitors and residents. So anyway, Scott,
0: you said this. You said this earlier. You mentioned this earlier when you were talking about the bill. There are many residents in cities and towns that really support planting new trees. The Tree City USA designation. Um, tree and appearance commissions. Um, there's the, the residents, the, the local government leaders, our mayors and city and town council members are responding to the needs of residents by passing these ordinances because it's the residents, the voters, that's right. that want to have trees. They don't want yeah. clear-cut parking lots.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And um you know we clear cut and everybody's tree ordinance across the state makes has a multitude of options for developers and anybody else who wants to remove trees has a multitude of options for them to uh, replace those trees to have right. uh, essentially mitigation credits on property elsewhere
0: yeah uh, or yep.
1: or to just simply pay into the tree fund so that the city or the town can then. Replace those trees elsewhere in the municipality, but in this particular case, from what we know, um, this uh, individual just decided he didn't he didn't want to follow the rules, and and so right. we got got popped for it, and and now we have statewide legislation,
0: right, that seeking, involves 271
1: uh, seeking, cities seeking and towns seeking to solve that, yeah. a, you know it's it's a it's it's a statewide solution to a what is ultimately a local problem, and, well, and uh, Scott, unfortunately, we've a lot.
0: a great example of how somebody doesn't want to follow the rules, so they get their legislator to file a bill, and the legislator thinks that filing that bill solves the problem, and that's just not how it is.
1: Right, right, right. So uh, we'll be following that bill. We'll be speaking. Well, we won't. We won't get a chance to testify in subcommittee again, since it's now on the full judiciary committee. Agenda, right, but, but, I, but i feel but we will good. be we'll be talk we'll be talking about yeah. this thing throughout the summer we'll be definitely talking about yeah. it at our regional advocacy meetings uh in the fall and uh and beyond so
0: yeah i, I feel tuned. like our voices are going to be heard loud and clear on this yes. and many yes. others um yes. all right scott let's go from trees to business license tax did you think we'd ever talk about business license taxes again
1: Wait a minute, I, I thought we solved business license tax issues well, last year not, with the passage of Act 176.
0: Right, right, so Representative Jay Jordan from Florence, he filed a bill, gosh, in 2019, um, 4431. It, after a lot of work by a lot of stakeholders, um, that bill passed in September of 2020, standardizing business licenses across cities and towns to make it easier for cities and businesses, and the act,
1: yeah.
0: remind our listeners when that act is effective.
1: The Act 176, uh, the portion that cities uh, need to adhere to is effective January the 1st of 2022. So, okay,
0: so that act coming is coming January. Not, okay, is not into effect yet, but yet we've got a new bill well, that amends. It,
1: it it, it one hundred seventy six isn't in effect right now, Casey, but cities in every city and town across the state is in the throes of yes. working to comply with its
0: yes. requirements. And it. some yes. some cities had to do a lot and some cities didn't have to do much, but they're still having to make changes based on the act. Yes. Right. They are, okay,
1: they are they are reclassifying all of their businesses. In some right. cases they are recalculating their business license tax rates so as to achieve revenue neutrality that yep. is required by the bill in the first year of implementation so in 2022 okay. so right. and and that is a that is an onerous process for some cities and towns others it's yep. not as bad but the, but the fact remains that this work is ongoing and has not yet been completed right so. yet
0: yeah, this bill 43 43- what? Eighty-seven. We forty-three, so,
1: eighty-seven. Yep. On the go last day ahead. of so the session. Yeah, last yeah last Thursday, the last day of the session. Yeah.
0: Uh, Rep- Rep-
1: Rep- Representative Jay Jordan, who's the who is the primary sponsor of Act One Seventy Six back in twenty nineteen. Right. Representative right. Jordan filed a bill last Thursday, House Bill Forty Three Eighty Seven, that seeks to make changes to Act One Seventy Six what this what the bill does is exempt from the business license tax
0: okay a, an exemption All This right.
1: is an exemption would exempt from the business license tax a business that is that rents to another business that is owned by the same person so i own a building okay and i'm an llc but the building okay. is held in an, in an llc
0: right um,
1: i own a restaurant business also and, but that business, that restaurant business is owned by a separate LLC. So you're okay. dealing with two, two LLCs that file separate income tax filings. They, they file. Okay, separate so two loans.
0: different businesses.
1: Two different businesses. Okay. The rep, my restaurant business rents my building from my building LLC. This bill, 4387, would exempt one or both of those businesses – we're not sure which – one or both of those businesses from paying the business license tax. Now, hmm. um, but only in that case where uh, one business is renting to another Business owned by the same people. That, that's that's okay. the best. That's the best way I can explain Sounds my like understanding. like a
0: really specific issue. My
1: understanding of the bill. Well,
0: it and it, and it could probably is. Solved. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it
1: probably is a specific issue in a particular city in the state. Um, right. But what I will tell you is that it is common practice, and in fact, it is the it is it is the practice in most mm-hmm. cities. Well, all cities across the state that. Those two separate l l c s that file taxes separately would have to get a business license tax because they are both separate businesses now if if the restaurant are the same person and they were filing taxes on the same tax return, then right. that's one business and they would be they would be licensed as such so okay um and that's common practice i mean it it's it's not unusual across the state for say for instance a hair salon a uh, a nail salon and a bakery to be all operating under one roof okay
0: right right and
1: sure. and the owner and, and you have one or or multiple people who own all those businesses those are three separate businesses right but it's not unusual for a city to license all three of those under one license so long as they pay on, uh, the rate that's, that's applicable, uh, to, to the highest classified business. That's not okay. unusual. Right. But what, but what, what Representative Jordan's bill, along with 33 other sponsors, by the way.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. there, there
1: are 34 sponsors on this house bill. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems to exempt, uh, one of those two LLCs. In the scenario of the renter to the other business, it would exempt at least one of those from paying the business license tax. Now, what's the difference, Casey, between uh, – the only the only difference that I can see is that relationship between those two LLCs. If I own two LLCs that that operated in two different buildings, I'm going to be paying on two, two businesses. I'm going to pay the right. business license tax. I'm going to have to get two licenses – For those two separate LLCs, no matter, you know, despite the fact that they are not, uh, they're not reading to each other. So I'm not quite sure I understand what the, what the problem is here. Uh, because if I own, if I have multiple LLCs, I own multiple LLCs and I should expect to have to pay multiple business license taxes. So, uh, it it seems that we're, we're cutting a break for one particular class of business. And, you know, standardization was supposed to make the business license tax easier to understand, comply with, and administer, not make it more complicated, which is something that this bill will do. But
0: wouldn't – Scott, wasn't – was it also the intent to make it fair?
1: Well, that's exactly right. Fair across
0: all businesses instead of a little here, a little there?
1: That's that's right. But, Casey, Act 176 also provided – provides for businesses to approach their municipal councils and say, hey, I have a unique circumstance. Can you – can we work together to address this unique circumstance through the business license, your business license ordinance? That is written into the law. So why this particular – Scenario isn't being addressed at the local level by that business rather than through statewide legislation. Uh, I I don't understand that, but we're going to educate, uh, cities and towns across the state over the summer through the regional advocacy meetings and throughout the fall so that they can educate their house members to reject this bill. It's, it's a bad idea. We're, we're, we're already, we're already attacking a law that's not even in effect yet, which is right. which is offensive to me. We haven't even given Act One Seventy Six the chance to, to, to even start working, let alone yeah. to be proved that it will work uh, before we're trying to to right. attack it. So,
0: well, and I, and I tell our listeners also they can they can be rest assured that we we while everybody is talking to their to their legislators, we will be talking to leadership, committee chairmen, staff, and educating them on this issue as well.
1: Yeah. I you know, I guess I am a little offended by it because of all the work that uh, our our local officials put into the into one seventy six over the years. Yeah. Not the to mention that, our
0: business partners that really a, Absolutely came the, together the, and did that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um and and it's an insult to uh, it's an insult to all of our stakeholders. It's an insult to the, our staff. Um, you know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, if you can't tell, I'm a little frustrated by that yeah, bill for sure. being introduced. I, I can
0: tell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, now, look,
1: the, the bill was just introduced on Thursday. It's, of course it can't pass. I mean, Sandy die was Thursday. Right. It's not going anywhere, uh, anytime soon and it will be thoroughly vetted and discussed and, uh, and, and, and hopefully beaten back come starting in January of 2022, but uh, you'll hear more from us about that listener as, uh, as we go. Yeah,
0: forward. absolutely. Um, <laughs> Scott, let's see. We've talked about trees. We've talked about business licensing. Um Let's talk about 3050 for a second. Yeah, 3050 is the bill that originally filed by Representative Steve Moss from up in Cherokee County in Gaffney. That bill, uh, the original language had in there that you could, a police officer that was non-certified could only be with a certified police officer. Is that correct?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: But then in full House Judiciary Committee, it was amended to include some aspects. It was not a strike all on insert. It was amended to include some aspects from the PAC Act, which I don't remember that bill number off the top of my head, but it was a fully, um, that bill was more of a police reform bill. Um, Than 3050, but it included some things in there. Then it was an amended again on the floor um, to include some things, some ethics um, compliance from yeah. another bill, and passed by the House. Yes, that was another. Uh, that was another um, of our advocacy initiatives too.
1: Yes, yes, uh, the police law enforcement reform uh, and training improvements uh, is one of the association's 12 advocacy initiatives and 3050 represents uh contains a lot of the things that uh we think about when we when we talk about law enforcement reform with regard to training with regard to tactics um ethics as you say as you mentioned so uh that bill we're we're happy to see it advance it did not do so uh without some a little bit of uh trouble and right. dust up there were some people some very conservative Republicans who thought that it should have that the the, the full judiciary amendment to it with the Pact Act uh, language should have gone through some committee, uh,
0: right. but
1: at, but as we know, it uh, was ultimately voted voted out of the House and and is over in the Senate now. Of course, the you know obviously nothing's going to move forward again until January, but that was good forward progress on some of the reforms that law enforcement needs. Erica Wright on our staff has been working very closely with our law enforcement partners at the Police Chiefs Association, the Sheriff Association on that bill. And so we will continue to support it and advocate for it uh, going forward uh, come January in the Senate.
0: Perfect. Um, let's see, trees, business licensing, law enforcement. We talked a little bit about the budget. Um, we will give more information on that once uh, we see some more of the work that the subcommittees and the House Ways and Means Committee once they get in there and start working on the Senate version, they're going to start, you know, create a new budget with all the new money.
1: Um, what so, else? And, you talked about and, Sunny
0: die. What else? And,
1: and well, as, and as she did through the regular, the first budget process, Joni Nickel on our staff will be following right. the the House Ways and Means and then the House budgets on. I mean, the House debate on the budget uh, when all that gets moving.
0: And uh, another Scott. Speaking of money, another quick plug. Check our website address being
1: www.masc.sc.
0: For updated information on guidance from the U.S. Treasury Department on the American Rescue Plan, Um, Erica has been furiously poring over all of that information since it came out last week. New guidance is on there, and we'll be offering even more guidance from the association, opportunities for conference calls and meetings and all that to learn about how you get it, how you get the money, what you can do with the money, what you can't do with the money.
1: Yeah, the the Treasury um as they said they would, they issued some some additional guidance than what we had and they did it by way of a hundred and fifty one page document that uh after reading doesn't give a whole lot more detail than what we had, but uh-huh. there's some um, and there, are, and and it has, I think, generated probably even more questions than previously. But as you said, Erica is going to continue to monitor that and uh, get as many details as she can. One thing that she was able to learn this week is uh, there, there was a question from some cities uh, about why their funding changed, uh, particularly some of the larger cities. They're some of the some of them. Their funding. Fell dramatically from the initial mm-hmm. estimate to what was released, uh, this week. And right. th- one thing that we, we think happened based on the conversations that we've had, because really, uh, no one's been able to clearly explain to us why that, that funding fell. But one thing that we right. think happened is that where some cities that w- w- some cities were included in a county's entitlement CDBG entitlement calculation for their amount, but then when Treasury went back and saw that those cities should not have been included in the county uh, CDBG entitlement formula, they pulled those cities out, which then caused those cities to lose a, a fair bit of okay. Uh, money of off that of funding. their initial estimate. Yeah. We, we think okay. that that's, that's probably what happened in some cases. So, uh, if any of you who had, saw that happen or were wondering about it based on the conversations that we've had that haven't been terribly helpful and our own sleuthing, we, we think that that's part of the answer, uh, to okay. that
0: question. Perfect. Um, Scott, is there anything else you think we need to to tackle before um, the signy die edition of City Quick Connect podcast brings it brings it home for a landing. Yeah, killed the cop hunter.
1: That's right. Well, I, I I think what I'll say, Casey, and you'll agree with me. And I'll let you talk about more about it. But this the 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 end of this session kind of ended on a whimper. Uh, yeah, it was, agreed. It was very uneventful uh, and did not see the usual flurry of desperation. Right. Uh, At all the way end. up till five o'clock, uh, right. they, 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 were done by about three fifteen yep. uh, on Thursday and it was really anticlimactic, but now of course we know next year it will, right. it will probably it'll look crazy. more normal, but I'll let right. you comment on why we think that is and, and, you know, well, we a lot of things collegiality to go forward.
0: You know, Scott, it, a lot of things, they, they got a lot of things done that were on caucus agendas. Um, mainly the majority caucus agenda, early on in the session. And there are still some major things sitting out there. The, the reform of Stan T. Cooper is in a conference committee. They've still got to do something with that bill. Um, and they've still got the budget sitting out there. So there's still some big issues. But the, if hate, it the hate crimes bill. The hate crimes bill, uh, law enforcement reform, There there are some real big issues. That are still sitting out there when a lot of time was taken, um, on other major, major issues, but a lot of other smaller issues as well. Um, I think that there was no need to wait till five o'clock because there was nothing to do. Um, they got all of the, the things done that they could do and they were able to kind of sail away, slip away into the night, knowing that they're coming back, knowing that they this is not the the sunny die of, of years past where it was it and you didn't see him again until January right um it used to be that that was how it was they they wouldn't come back the budget was finished everything was done and you went out that night and you may have you know enjoyed a couple of adult beverages because it was a true celebration now and and last year was was different because of covid and they had to kind of stop and start the session and then come back in the fall so it felt like it never really ended but sessions now we're starting to get you know the shortened session to May cuts off the amount of time that they have to do to work on issues so they've got to come back to finish some and then this year is different because of redistricting because the census numbers were pushed back and they had to you know they've got to come back and they've got to finish that before the 22 elections Um, but it it was just – it was very strange. It was very well, strange to watch.
1: And I think this trend of committees meeting throughout the fall is going to continue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we know that's going to happen uh, because right. they they just don't get everything done that they need to get done during the right. session, in part because of the cutoff of the one month, the extra month right. from right. from June to May. But,
0: but let's um, be real honest. I'm glad that they cut it off in May.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but – you know, and despite the shortened session, right. uh, and I'm going to te- tease our uh, future episode. Okay. Um, I love that. Our, our wrap-up episode. But, uh, of course, the, the Municipal Association and cities and towns were able to achieve seven of our 12 advocacy initiatives this session. Right. That's right. Uh, we'll talk in detail about those. Um, three of them remain – are in progress they mm-hmm. have bills that have been uh, adopted, or not adopted, have been introduced, uh, yeah. and perhaps even had action taken on them, and, the, and there are two items that uh, still need some work. So in terms of the association's advocacy initiatives this year, I think it was pretty successful, and this is sure. on top of all of the defense. Casey, I think one thing that we ought to do in a future episode coming uh-huh. up is talk about all of the defense that we played yeah, over the course. Yeah,
0: that's a great idea. Of that would take like two or three podcast episodes, I think. Yeah,
1: I mean, in addition to the progress that we made on our advocacy initiatives, we have to play defense every day at the state house. And I think it would help yeah. if we gave an accounting of all of the things that we've done to improve bad bills or just, you know, stop bills entirely, even though we talk about it during the course, of other podcasts, just yes. uh, a, a show dedicated to that might be might be helpful to
0: folks. I, I think that would be great. I think, you know, when, when we get the, why don't y'all ever do anything? Why don't you ever pass bills? Why do all you do is stop bills? I, well, I think this would be a great example of how we have to split our team up and work on what we can work on. And when the, the negative bills start coming at a high rate of speed, we've got to be able to stop those. We've got to take our time away from Working on long-term legislation to stopping these short-term bills that keep that keep popping up.
1: Although although I will I will say that Joni has admitted that she does like to blow things up. So uh, oh well, <laughs> she's good at
0: <laughs> that. Well, how about that? Um, learn something new about the people you work with every single day. That's right, um, Scott. Is have we covered everything for this for this episode? I mean, I know we've got we've got lots of episodes coming up that we are going to go into detail about advocacy initiatives with Joni and Erica. We'll get everybody together and and talk about everything about the 2021 session.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we'll are we all be back in the office. Uh, and now that we can all throw
0: off our masks
1: if we're vaccinated. Right. Uh, it's going to make that that much more
0: easy to you, get back together. Everybody, um, if you are vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, let's just keep washing our hands and practicing good hygiene. Um, I would encourage you to get the vaccine if you choose to do so and wear your mask maybe if you feel like you need to. Um, let's just use some good common sense. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next week.